And I hope that even just in what I've been saying today, that maybe there's just even one thing that you're going to take. Maybe it's a question that I've asked throughout this conversation that you're going to think about that question and ask yourself, you know, that exact question and be willing to listen to what you hear yourself. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch or two or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. And here we are at this moment of time where I get to have this conversation with you on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. Welcome to the podcast for you if you're new We just literally have conversations here and I often like to have a reflection kind of on the previous podcast on maybe some of the things that have been said in there and then take it to another level. Sometimes I just want to have a new conversation. I just got some things on my heart, my soul that I just go, hey, this is what I'm learning. This is what's going on in my world. And maybe, maybe just a little of this could be helpful for you where you are at. You know, just I really love the pioneering thinking. And, you know, I know a lot of the times when you're a pioneer, an innovator or a cutting edge leader, there's that moment in life where you feel misunderstood. You want to think really, well, you kind of want to fit into what people are wanting you to think and do only because it's so uncomfortable to always feel like you're disrupting. And I know I was spending time with someone in the last week while I was in Sacramento, and that's how I felt. Every time it was mentioned that I'm such a disruptor, by the way, yes, I'm a disruptor of patterns, but I never wanted to be a disruptor to be rebellious. Let's get clear about that. Being a rebel, being a person that goes against the grain means that I want to upset you. I want to make it difficult for you. And by the way, that's never, ever, ever my intention. And so when people say a particular word or say it in a particular way, sometimes that can really, you know, like start upsetting me because that's not my intention. And I think If there's one thing that I've sort of learned a lot about in the last little while is the way that we communicate and how we communicate and how we can assume things, even though it's not even a truth. And I wonder whether you do that. Do you do it with team? Do you do it with decisions that you make? Are you building out a culture that then builds into that is dramas and causes grief and what you're doing. I think it's really easy to say 
a particular sentence or a word and think that you've been able to communicate it in a way that the receiver understands. And one of the reasons that I have made so many, so many like decisions after I've asked lots and lots and lots, and I mean lots of questions, is because I don't want to assume that I know the answer and that that's the way that, you know, we need to make a decision. And I think we have to ask questions and be okay to listen to answers without putting our own biases on it. What do I mean by that? I think it's easy to already think you know what people are going to say, they're going to do or act or be. And yet that is coming straight from an assumption. In other words, I understand how you're thinking, what that looks like and why you would think a certain way. Here's the thing. Patterns actually can tell you some certain things and probably they will be what is happening. But I still, even though I can predict a lot of that sort of thing, I love doing that, by the way, because it's kind of fun. I always ask questions because I don't want to assume just because I know patterns, just because I understand a lot of human behaviors that I would understand you. I know deep, right? But true, because you might have different variables that have meant that you've come to a certain decision, a certain thought, a certain consideration. And if I go by my biases and conditionings, I can only ever look through the decision you're making through my own assumption. And I think that a lot of the times when decisions are being made at the table, there is a lot of assumptions being made. You know, I've mentioned this before, that I've been in a, at a table in leadership where I have been told I don't show enough emotion. Why? Because I'm not showing it on my face. What if I'm feeling it inside? And if I was to show more emotion, would that mean I'm too emotional? And so then you would assume that I wouldn't be able to do my roles properly because I'm too much of an emotional human. Okay, but what if I was angry? Would that make me an angry person? And what if I showed up and I was really quiet? Does that mean I've got nothing to add to the table? Or am I just a good listener? So it's really easy, right, to assume you know what the other person is thinking or doing or willing to do. I had a great example of that today. There was a moment when I was told not to do a particular role. And I said, what if I enjoyed that piece of the role? Oh, but it's way below you. You don't need to be doing that. What if I'm doing it because I don't trust the systems or there's not enough transparency on it? I don't want to hand that over yet. What if I had a plan to hand that over, but you haven't asked me yet what that is? And instead, you're trying to take something off me and maybe I could see how I could transition this over so that I'm happy, you're happy, and actually... I can then focus in on some other things that I love to do. Just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean that I don't mind doing some of the hard work for a time 
before handing it over. One of the things I've also learned is that although I can work hard and I mean work really hard, I've, you know, just been, I'm still on the road, by the way. I'm actually in LA right now as I'm recording this in my hotel room so I can get this out to you. And I have already done since being in Europe, which is probably one of the last times I actually did do this, although I think I was in New York City last time I recorded. I have already been to Austin. I've been to Sacramento. I'm here in LA, about to go back to Austin before heading to Miami. So here's the thing. You could assume that I'm too busy to do something. But here's the thing that I also know is that although it might not be a priority to you, it may be a priority to me. Because here's the thing, if I know what is happening in that particular area, maybe that helps me make better decisions in some other area. And so I might need that data because I can't receive it any other way at this time, at this moment, then I want to keep doing that. Why would you tell me otherwise? And I think it comes down to this. That because you don't want to do it means that I wouldn't want to do it. Because you think it's below you, then I must think it's below me. But what if I think it's a stepping stone to helping me to do my job way more effectively? Do I think it's of benefit? Yes. Do I see it as a long-term solution that I want to be doing? No. And do I see that I will transition out of it at some stage? Absolutely. But don't jump ahead and don't take it off me because you think it's a good idea. We have got to listen to each other at the table. And I think that that's the thing that it's really easy to assume where, what, and how. And if you listen to the last podcast, which was with Greg Allen, amazing podcast. I really enjoyed it. He is such a fun guy. By the way, if you ever get to check out his videos he's done, hilarious. Seriously, he's such a funny guy. And yet we had such a deep conversation on there and just really real and raw. And one of the things he talked about was how in the past, his relationship with his mom. And then when he got married, and although they had been really fun as a couple, he defaulted back to the mama sort of relationship. And I think that it's really easy to assume that all of those things now are important and that's what's been important in the past and so that's how you need to act now. Stop it. Clean slate from today. Do you realize that although something may have been your story from last week, today, right now, it doesn't need to be your story. And I think that's the exciting piece that if we don't assume we know what the other person is thinking or saying, and I often get questioned almost defensively, what? What are you trying to, no, I'm saying this and I'm like, I'm only asking questions, not because I'm even trying to be defensive at all, but I really want to understand. What are you trying to say? What would you like me to really hear? Because it's important to you because you've said it. And I want to understand looking in from where you're looking. All right. That doesn't mean, by the way, that I'm necessarily going to agree 
But I want to at least understand where you're coming from and how maybe we could work this out together. All right, it's interesting, but I think that was an interesting topic that Greg was talking about. And then he had to change his whole relationship and realize that maybe he needed to look through a different lens to get that different result at the table. And I wonder what it would look like if you didn't assume you knew what people meant by the response someone said. Maybe if you asked a few more questions, maybe if you actually dug deeper to find out where that came from. I wonder how many people at the table would not get so insulted if there was a willingness to ask different questions and to dig deeper. I wonder how many of us would not be so angry when someone said something if we realized that's not even like how you received it wasn't even the way they wanted you to hear it. It was just the way they were having a bad day or maybe it was they didn't understand what you were really truly saying and they just thought something totally different. I know that when I went to school and I was doing tests, one of the things that would let me down so much, and this is because I'm dyslexic, was that, you know, and I would see this so often, oh, you answered the question beautifully and you're right, but not the way that I meant the question to be, which by the way, you get a big red cross for that. (laughs) And it taught me a lot, actually, was just because I thought that was the right answer or that that was the way that they asked the question and then that would be the question answer they'd be looking for, I was wrong. You know, for a long time, I let that bug me. I let that really get in my way. And I doubted myself so badly that I wouldn't even ask questions, let alone sort of have a voice at the table. And I would kind of go along with the status quo because I didn't want to disrupt. I didn't want to cause problems. And what I learned from that was that meant that I had no no decision at how the outcome would turn out. I just sort of, everything was determined by other people's expectations, other people's wants. And it meant that often I'd be kind of upset behind the scenes, but I wouldn't be able to say it in the front end. And that's happened a lot, even in business, even as I've continued to sort of step out and do a lot of things. And I realized, and it's something that I've kind of done a lot of in the last little while, and that is making decisions based on what I know is truth for me. And if someone questions it, I'm not going to waver from what I believe Just because you question it and it's okay to have it questioned, just make sure you are going to stand strong enough that you will stand in your truth. Do you even know what you stand for? Do you even know what a truth is for you? And are you making decisions based on what others are wanting for you or totally based on what is important, what is priority, what you know is truth for you? I said this to someone the other day, a client, and I said, here's the thing, what I'm hearing you say is, by the way, awesome, like really good, right? Beautiful pieces of smartness, sounds good. Yes, I can see this will help with 
answering problems and bringing solution. But here's the problem. It sounded so much like what I'm hearing lots of people saying. So I'm like going, what is it that you're going to stand for that maybe someone else doesn't and you bring a solution that maybe no one brings. Here's the thing that I love about my work. I ran an incubator the other night, had some amazing people who are wanting to really spread out and do more global work in the way that they bring what they do through their business. And it was a lot of fun. But what I loved about it the most, to be honest, was seeing people use my intellectual property and knowing that they were getting wins along the way and that they would be able to use it, not just in the in the time that we were together, but helping them to build out successful global platforms. And I smiled inside of me just for a minute. I literally did because I was like, I could have done it like everyone else. I could just be like a coach or a mentor or any one of those people that you just know there's different frameworks you can sort of use and get a, you know, a really good result, but maybe not the result. Here's the thing that I know you can get through the IP that I've created. It was a moment where I just went internally, good on you, Kerry Marie. Good on you for standing and looking for it and finding what that piece is. Because here's the thing, there are people that can get massive growth in your economic space. There are people that can maybe hopefully help you to make a big impact in what you're doing with what you've got in your hand. But I know for a fact, there is no one out there that can do what I do. There literally isn't. How do I know that? because I created it and I have identified so many gaps along the way and created solution pathways for you to be able to get great results. And because of that, I know that there's no one else that has created exactly what I have done. And because of that, there's no one else who can get the results that I believe I bring. And that's kind of awesome. And it also means that when I stand true to what I'm, what I believe, what I look at, how I turn up, then I can stand strong on social media. I can stand strong when I'm training. And when people challenge me, I have answers. Why? Because it's my truth. It's what I believe I stand for. And that has to go above the noise because there's no one else like me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. You don't want anyone else to be like me. One Kerry Marie in this world is quite enough. Okay, ask yourself for this minute, just in this minute, I should say, ask yourself this question. What do I stand for? What are beliefs that I'm willing to be challenged on? That I'm willing to receive feedback And yet I will still stand strong. I believe as a leader and for you to lead the way, you really need to nail this piece. For one, it'll make you louder than the chaos that is out there, the noise that many of us are being affected by. And what is exciting about that is that people then know what you stand for and they can choose whether they want to come on this journey with you. And here's the thing, what I know is a truth 
is that many people are wanting people to stand up for something and to follow and be part of a tribe. What is it you stand up for? What is it that you take people on a journey with? And why would they want to join your tribe? These are really important questions. Pause this for a second if you need to answer that and write it down. Yeah, this is important. All right, so one of the other things he talked about, this is Greg Allen on the previous podcast, was around what I call micro shifts. We just got to keep knowing we're moving in the right direction, right? And that we're making good decisions to move us forward on that. And I felt like he saw the importance of setting goals and moving towards them. Oh, you know, I talk about this a lot because I get tired of people who don't set goals. I get tired of people who don't know the power of a vision. I know sometimes we don't want to spend time looking towards the future because what if we weren't going to achieve it? But on the other side, what if we were? What if we actually did achieve our goal, our vision that we set and became disciplined and obsessed enough that we would want to do it no matter what? A slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? To maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay. I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity, like you, are stakeholders to design cutting-edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay. Let's get back to the conversation. Do you think people would be stronger on their word if they did stuff like that, like things like that, right? That they would actually see the power of commitment and discipline. I love discipline. I don't love all the hard work that goes with it, but I actually love the results of discipline. I've learned that a lot, whether in the fitness industry whether it's finding out what my smartness is and working my out what intellectual you know property that I may have inside of me that needed to come out to the world. I find it extremely intriguing when we get those moments 
to really stand in our truth. I have to say that over this last few weeks that I've been in the US, the effortless flow from just being here because I'm so strong, knowing exactly where I'm heading, what that looks like, and just inviting people on that journey with me. What do you invite people to come on with you? Are you really clear about that? Have you got a clear vision that you're setting goals for it? So I always talk about the vision or the V spot (laughs) for anyone that knows my work, you know what that's about. So your V spot and then making like the 1% shift to move that dial forward. In other words, to get you from problem where you see a problem to actually bringing a solution at the table. The other thing I talk about is micro shifts. I believe there's the 1% shift, so the big shift that really does help increase your economic growth, but also at the same time makes an amazing cultural difference and impact. So for that to happen though, You set the big goals or the, in our case, the 1% shifts. And then to make up that, you do the micro shifts. And the micro shifts will help you move quicker, more effectively, and will help to ensure that you're on target and indicates the health of you shifting that dial forward. Why is it so hard to set goals? Why is it so hard to have like I said, the 1% shifts and then micro shifts. I have some beliefs around that. I believe that when you don't commit, you don't let yourself down and you won't let others down. No, I think you do let others down. And no, I think you let yourself down as well, right? So it's actually just a made up story because it's not a truth. All right, so why do more people not set goals? Because most human beings will not complete, will not do what it takes to complete and actually get to solution. Okay, am I just talking from a hole in my head? Does this sound like you? Maybe it's someone you know. Maybe you relate to it because you know someone that this is a truth. All right, here's the thing. If it wasn't so true, then wouldn't we just go through with all the New Year's resolutions? The last few years, I've never heard it so many times as I have in the last few years. Actually, I don't set, you know, New Year's resolutions. Oh, I don't set goals. Oh, you know, I'm not like everyone else and having to do the New Year's sort of, you know, solution at the table. And I'm like, really? Okay, then why is there such a push around people not doing goals? And I think it's because when you don't set goals, when you don't have those shifts to move the dial forward, then you get to live in chaos and you've got permission for it. You've got excuses for it. And here's the other thing. You won't let other people down when you don't have goals that you've set. And that makes it much easier and happier. No, maybe in the short term, but I don't think in the long term. And I think this is why it's important. All right, so what did I say? I said there's some micro shifts, there's some macro shifts, which is like the 1% movement. And then there's 
like looking from other people's perspectives and not assuming, but having the permission to ask whatever questions you need to be able to have all the data to make better decisions. Hmm. This is kind of deep and pretty full on, right? So I don't want to sort of push you out on that one. But I do want to have a little conversation around something that has risen a lot. Now, I've always talked about, and you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I talk a lot about increasing economic access to resources and tools and basically cash flow as well, whether to invest, whether to make the short-term decisions and be able to like make sure it's sustainable going forward. Here's the thing that I find absolutely intriguing when we have this conversation is that I am truly of the belief that yes, and when there is economic unrest, when there is, you know, economies being put under a lot of pressure, when a lot of other nations are making bad decisions and it affects yours, then it affects the state of the economic space within your environment so that's all true and sure and in many cases I understand when it's really tough when prices go up when there's less access to the freedom of the flow of that money but I also know what is true is that there is still a lot of money within society even when there's a tough economic sort of you know, challenge going on, whether it's a recession, whether it's a huge spike in inflation or interest rates, or that, you know, the world has gone on a pandemic and, you know, because of that, there's been years of desert island. All of those things are true. But what is also true is that there is a lot of people who have access to finances even during those times when others find it a desert island. And here's the cool thing about that. What I think is key to any economic space when going through challenges is the fact that you come prepared well beforehand. Have you been spending this time knowing that it is looming, knowing that actually if it's not on your doorstep right now that it's definitely coming to to town? Have you put the preparation in? Have you done your study? Have you got the cash flow already there so that when it's, you know, tougher times, you've got definitely a little, you know, whatever it is to a little stash that you know how to access and where you can now, instead of retracting like many in a global sort of state, like a recession, that actually what you do is you start investing and expanding what you have and the capacity you have. Why is this important? I think it's important because sometimes during those times, you can have the best access to opportunities because maybe someone can't hold their business any longer. It was a very thriving business, but they don't have any extra cash flow to be able to invest in it so that maybe it continues to be as healthy as it has been in many other times and days. So your capacity to be able to spend, invest, to make smart decisions, not based on where the economy is going, but based on the growth 
and what will be important to the growth of your company or organization. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want to aim towards that? Well, that comes with preparation. It comes with when you are doing well, making sure you're doing well with your money at the same time. That maybe when others are pulling in tight, that's the time to start creating more wealth and access to that to be able to maybe become an investor in someone's business or organization. And you would have missed out on that opportunity if you hadn't got that finances in place right then and there. So this is why it's important, right? To not just look at where the economic state of your nation or your land is right now, but go, what can I do to prepare so that when it hits, I'm ready for it? Maybe that's already putting what money you have into an investment so that it keeps growing. Maybe it's investing in more things in your business so that over the desert time, it's not a strange struggle and you're not sure which or how to get your next food for the next on the table. All right. And I think this is important. We have got to understand that we don't understand everything and that part of all of this is that we're willing to do the hard where and maybe make turns when other people are doing other turns and you're seeing them falling apart. The other thing I like about being prepared is then you've got spare maybe cash flow or energy or time to be able to help out others when you see there's an issue or there's a struggle or there's a need. And I want to know that I'm prepared well enough, not just for my own things that I'm doing, but that I can help others as well at the same time and help pull them along on the journey, just like you might need at times. And I think this is so important. All right. I have had an amazing few weeks and I just want to speak from that just for a second because one of the things that I talk a lot about right now is the 1% movement and I think one of the biggest learnings I've learned from bringing that out into the world a lot more. By the way, if you've not heard about the 1% movement, go to the 1% movement or if you haven't joined and put your name up on the wall of humanity, make sure you do that. So go to join the movement, 1%, whoops, join the 1% movement.com and make sure your name is up there of your 1% ship. In other words, what is it you're committing to that you're going to use in your hand to add the value to the human race going forward, not take away from. And then that way, narrow the gap from problem to solution. Because if everyone makes their decision based on you doing your 1%, I do mine, you know, and everyone down the road does their 1%, we could actually shift what's happening across the globe right now. But here's the thing that's hard. Often we think that, you know, us making and giving is an expense to leave behind because you sort of get really unfocused again. What I've learned is the strength comes from being able to do the journey 
with smart people who are willing to do whatever it takes. Are you? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? I mean, really? I've just been like on the road and I have traveled ridiculous flights and <laughs> so many hours of traveling and so many, so much back up in the sky, packing another bag, seeing another person, having another meeting, getting over the line, another partnership, building out and building future thinking so that others can get excited and come on that journey with me. I can tell you it is hard work and it is not for the faint hearted. I miss my family. I miss our puppy dogs. I feel like they're just not even going to understand who I am anymore. And they're probably not going to want to come near me because they're like, who's that stranger? But what is bigger than all of that? And even missing my family and my husband is the fact that I am doing and being what I'm meant to here on earth. And if I don't tell people about the 1% movement, while it's new, while it's at its birthing stage, official launch on November the 8th, then who will do it? How will people know about it? And if I want to help bring people on that journey, then I need to role model it to what that can look like. And I just think sometimes life is full of seasons. Sometimes we do more, sometimes we do less. Sometimes we're it is asked of us to just push beyond what we think we ever, ever could imagine doing or being. What about you? What are you, Where are you at at this moment? Are you willing to push beyond where you are now? Are you willing to set some goals and take ownership of that and actually shift the dial forward? What about micro shifts? Are you willing to make those little micro shifts? You know, so tiny yet... Every win is a win on the table. Are you willing to do it that way? Are you willing to do whatever that takes? What if you're wanting to invest more in other things, but really you haven't put a nice little stack away? And in fact, if anyone knew and, you know, opened the curtains behind the scenes, they would find someone that is not financially well off and in fact makes a lot of silly decisions that cost a lot of your time and effort and money. Look, we've got to just put all those things aside. We've got to realize we are different, each one of us, but because of that, each one of us adds the value to the table and the only way you're going to do that is if you stand strong to what that value is, those beliefs are. Have you? Are you doing that? What would you know make you think that maybe that's a good idea? And if you were to set some goals, what kind of goals would you set? What would you do? What would you achieve? Because you really will do whatever it takes for it to be the outcome at the table. I get it. It's tough sometimes, but I do believe you're tougher. I do believe you have what it takes to get out there and to do what you're meant to do. So I am so grateful. I'm grateful for the tight-knit friends that I have around me that honestly, even when I'm on the road on my own, I don't feel like I'm on my own. And I have to say that has been the best thing for my husband while I'm on the road as well, is for the very first time he has connected with me and contacted me almost every single day. 
And that's huge. If anyone knows my other half, that's a really big step. I did say when we left Rome that that would be the thing that would really help to make this time be bearable. I love doing my life with them and I've always loved doing that even through some of the tough times that I've had to face with them. All I know is that I love that journey and I never wanted to do life apart. What is it that you know is priority for you and what will you do to make sure that happens even though maybe it's not your norm or it's not the normal for those that are a part of your team or part of your who are your clients maybe it needs to be the normal for you going forward so what does that need to look like and what will you do to ensure that you're designing the life that really creates the solution pathways that will get you the results or the outcomes you really desire. Oh, it's been so good having another conversation with you, to spend this time with you, to share some of my thoughts. I have to tell you, it has been a busy season. And I hope that even just in what I've been saying today, that maybe there's just even one thing that you're going to take. Maybe it's a question that I've asked throughout this conversation that you're going to think about that question and ask yourself, you know, that exact question and be willing to listen to what you hear yourself saying. Maybe it's because you need to ask that in a team meeting. Maybe it's time for you to ask different questions of those that are clients to get the feedback to find out what is really wanted by those that are either potential clients or your clients today. I think sometimes, and I'm almost finishing this conversation, I think sometimes we push back because it's not our norm and it's easier to push back than be confronted by the uncomfortable, you know, the unknown, the uncertainty that comes with the unknown. But what I have learned, and one of the things I'm so grateful for, I know I've said this before on this podcast, just listen to one of the previous ones, where I've really challenged with stepping out and being the face of something or, you know, taking out more opportunities, which puts me in the front line rather than supporting someone else to do that. And I really struggled with that when I knew that I needed to open up more and bring to the world the 1% movement and really start a movement around it. And I struggled with that. I really did because I never saw myself as a person that wanted to be a leader up the front. I know that's crazy. And I know it's especially crazy because I talk about leadership and culture so much. But understand my true heart. My true heart is that everyone gets to be who they're meant to be and to stand strong, whatever that looks like. So I don't see it as a competition. And just because I might stand up strong at one point, that doesn't give anyone else the the reason why they can't stand up and, and do the same exact thing. So I don't see it as me being at the front or on a different level than anyone else at the table. 
And so it was a real struggle for me to go, why would I want people looking at me, wanting to come and be a part of what I'm doing? Because I have something to share and it needs to be louder than someone else. I really did struggle with that. Take my heart on that. Understand that. But I also knew if I was not willing to do that and own that and say, hey, everything about my world is about the 1%, then was I willing for it never to happen, for the 1% movement to be a great idea but never a reality? And I just thought even if it helps to excite one person to make a difference with what the platform is they have and to give voice to what they believe is a solution to narrowing the gap across the globe with problem to solution, then maybe it was worth it for me to stand up. And here's the beautiful thing about it and the full circle is this last three weeks would never have happened if I had said that. Those beautiful new partnerships that are coming out from my time here in the US, those new people joining the wall of humanity at jointhe1percentmovement.com would never have done that if I hadn't have got out of my shell, got out from my little, under my little tree and come out into the world, then I don't know why I said tree, just sounded right for that moment. I was thinking under a rock, you know, like coming out from my rock. Well, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I have stepped out. I'm grateful for this pre-launch time to the 1% movement. I'm so grateful for new team that have come on board, new partnerships, new tribe, and, you know, out of it is going to stem some amazingness, some awesomeness, and all of it would never have happened if I didn't own it one day and said, that's what I've got to do and I will do whatever it takes. What are you owning today? What are you willing to own? What's your 1% you're willing to own that you're going to do? You're going to set yourself a pathway forward, that you're going to have macro shift like a 1% and you're going to have those little micro shifts that you know that you're heading in the right direction and that they will be wins along the road. What are you owning today? I would love to hear that. Make sure if you've listened to this or this sounds like a podcast you'd love to share with someone else because you think it'll be beneficial, make sure you do. And if you love this or there's questions you have, put it into the review so that I can see that I'm not just speaking to myself in a hotel room in LA. Make sure that you give me feedbacks or us feedback on the team so that we know that this is going to continue to add value to someone somewhere. So I would love to hear, what are you taking ownership of today? What are you going to set yourself? Maybe do whatever it takes. Become a bit more disciplined. Learn whatever those skills are that you need so that you can shift that dial forward from problem to solution. All right, this is it. And I want to thank you so much for taking your time and just being in conversation with you. All right, big love. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. 
Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlor. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.